0: Hey podcast listeners, it's Christina here. I'm just tuning in for a mini-sode. sewed. is Friday the 3rd, 2020. Ooh. I'm here with Emma, Maria's roommate, because Maria couldn't be here with us tonight. Say hi, Emma. Hi, friends. It's
1: good to be here.
0: Emma's a court reporting student but she also is as passionate about food as Maria and I are. And we wanted to pop on and talk to you about bone broth. But first I wanted to explain, every once in a while Maria or I, or both of us, will do a mini-sode probably at the end of a week. Um, just Maybe it's informative, maybe it's just checking in about our lives. Uh, who knows what life will bring. But the mini-sode is gonna be around 15 minutes. And, um, just something quick and fun and maybe a little bit less edited, right, Emma? Um,
1: yes, hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So today I did a live on Facebook, some of you may have seen on the Sunny Cove Farm page about bone broth. I thought it was the perfect time of year to talk about it. We use bone broth in my family, especially this time of year to prevent the common cold and flu, which are nasty, especially with toddlers. Right, Emma.
1: <laughs> yes, they're nasty even when you're not a toddler. Yeah, and it's better to be preventative um, by using bone broth instead of waiting until you get sick and then just freaking out and trying to cram all your vitamins. <laughs> Emma into yourself is at the last minute. You're <laughs> so that's funny. What I do. She like oh,
0: she'll get. You just got sick recently.
1: Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, I just drank a gallon of chlorophyll." <laughs> Which is amazing and works, but you shouldn't wait until you're sick to start doing things to boost your immune system.
0: Yeah. I really feel like when, like, my kids will usually get sick. When you're a mom, your immune system's like relatively strong. So my kids will get sick first. And when they get sick, I hammer bone broth in them. So you want to know the source of your ingredients, you want to find locally grown, um, grass fed, organic marrow bones. The marrow is important in the bone because that has all the healing properties and this is where Maria can step in. But I'm going to put in the show notes a, an article that she wrote on bone broth or maybe it's a recipe. But Maria is much better at explaining the nutritional side of things than I am. I just know it works for our family and it's delicious. And it's super easy. You can't mess it up. All I do is I take my bones and I put them in the bottom of a pot, a big stock pot. I pour vinegar on top of them and then I add a bunch of herbs from the garden or dried herbs if it's wintertime and there's not any growing. Um, I cut an onion, a big onion in half. I leave the skin on and drop it in. And then uh, in my Facebook Live, you'll see I use fermented black garlic this time. But sometimes I just use regular garlic. And let's be honest, if I'm out of fresh garlic, I use garlic powder. And who knows what's in that? Because I like the taste of garlic. Um, And I like to flavor it up and salt it. Now, Emma, the first time you made bone broth... You just put the bones in the water, right? Which
1: is equally healing. I think, no, the first time I did it, I did it wrong because I just put, like I cooked some kind of roast and then I just left the bones in there and it was basically just broth. Like it it wasn't real bone broth. It was like stock. It was like stock, yeah. So it tasted a lot better, but it wasn't the true, it didn't, it wasn't the point of bone broth. Oh, okay. Um, the marrow, yeah, the marrow
0: and the joints and the cartilage that's like really healing, and then Maria and I also use chicken
1: feet. yeah, so that's what I use the second time. Chicken feet, yes,
0: so that sometimes freaks people out, but now I use a combination. I use our cow joint bones, I use like three or four of those, and then like two turkey feet or or four chicken feet. You don't have to use the feet, but it's fun. And it's, and we call them talons.
1: And it's fun when people come over to your house and look in your fridge and they see a big pot of chicken feet. And it's a real conversation starter. So that, I think, is also important. Yeah.
0: So you simmer it on the stove for 12 to 24 hours. And then Maria, like, recooks her broth over and over again until the bones are, like, falling apart. She said they're still, like, you can still get more nutrients out of it. I'm usually done. After 24 hours, I'm like, okay, I want to make something else. So I need this pot. (laughs) Tiny house living. Um, But then the bone broth store is great in your fridge for like two weeks, it seems like, or longer. You can also
1: freeze it, can't you? Yeah, you can freeze it. I did that. And
0: you can can it, but I think that it takes away the properties that we're looking to get.
1: To can it? yeah but not to freeze it but
0: when you freeze it i think it's fine Uh maria freezes broth a lot too so uses for our bone broth i like to put it in ice cube trays and freeze it that way and then when i make really hot tea for the kids i'll put a dollop of honey in it and then an ice cube of bone broth to chill it but secretly it's a bone broth tea that they have no idea um, and then I also love to make really hearty soups. My favorite thing to put in soup is cabbage. I think I've swayed you on this a little bit, right, Emma? Yeah,
1: for sure. I never ate cabbage like, until I came into this house.
0: Finely shredded cabbage soup is it's so sweet.
1: so
0: good. <laughs> We're not <looking. laughs> Hi, Kedrick.
1: <laughs> no, it's really good, and it's, yeah, much better than I ever thought cabbage. Yeah,
0: and carrots. I like putting in lacto-fermented carrots and cabbage and like some ground beef Mm -hmm. and it's just like a hearty delicious thing when you're sick
1: it's emma approved oh thanks emma and one thing that's
0: not emma approved is a dollop of sour cream
1: yeah not so much
0: but but you know you make your family probably has a favorite recipe you could even do chicken noodle soup with black bean noodles (laughs)
1: With some kind of plant-based noodle.
0: Yeah, one thing I have learned about getting sick is you don't want to spike your glucose at all. Mm. You like your blood sugar levels because for some reason, whenever... And maybe it's because I have poor blood sugar handling. My family has a history of diabetes and things. So whenever I eat anything that would spike my insulin, um, I get more congested. Do you feel that way? Um. Like if you eat a cookie when you're sick? Do you feel Not, sicker?
1: Well, I don't really eat cookies when I'm sick because I don't, like, I'm just trying to get better, and so I, like, don't eat anything. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if I've noticed it.
0: We'll have to ask Maria if there's yeah. a correlation between blood sugar levels and sickness. She would know. But anyway, if you have any questions about making bone broth, uh feel free to to yeah send us a message and um check out the blog post and the facebook live if you want to see a sneak peek at what my garden looks like in january thank you so much everyone for tuning in we'll see you next tuesday maria and i will be talking about fad diets i'm so excited for y'all to hear about my Kit Kat diet (laughs) have a great weekend everyone bye bye Does this sound any better, Emma?
1: Yes. Are you sure? Why? The other one sounded great. Do you like this? I like this. What are you going to say on the podcast, Emma? You're going to ask me questions, and then I'm going to answer them. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm going to say...